My name is Travis Lewis. I am part of the Dead and Married podcast. To all cinema enforcement entities, this is not an admission of guilt. I am speaking to my family now. Ashley, you are the love of my life. I hope you know that. Aiden, you're my big man. To our fans, there are going to be some things that you'll come to learn about these films in the next few minutes. But just know that no matter how many spoilers there are, we only have you in our hearts. Goodbye. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. <laughs> wow. Welcome to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm Travis. And unfortunately, today we are talking about 2002's Halloween Resurrection, the movie we have been putting off, well, for a year, but still putting off. <laughs> Yeah, the movie where they made Michael Myers a bitch. A big bitch. Like, made him bust a rhymes bitch. Yeah, like, that's so fucking sad. I don't, what, what? <laughs> yeah, that pretty what? much sums up this movie. Like, what? So was it Rick Rosenthal, right? Yes. And he did part two. Yes. What the fuck was he thinking? Well, do you not remember when we were recording Halloween 2? Last night, actually. Yeah, I, I know, and but. we pretty well made our opinion note on part two also we did but this one's so much worse oh yeah it makes part two look like a masterpiece this was just uh, they he, all he tried to do was capitalize on what was popular at the time right that's it the movie's so dated the acting <laughs> is terrible i hate this movie <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know where else to go from there. I don't like this movie. So let me preface this with saying this has not always been our opinion. We have gotten older. We understand what good cinema is, and I'm I'm just going to say it right now. Going into a theater with an, a rowdy audience that is very interactive can enhance your viewing ability, therefore making the film seem actually better than it really is. Yeah, we lived in. A, uh, a much bigger city then and when we went to see this at the theater there and that crowd was really enthusiastic yes they really got into this movie and like, i think that yelling at the screen and shit tainted my opinion of this film <laughs> because everyone tainted. else <laughs> everyone else was having such a good time i thought well shit it must be good but i was in my <laughs> early 20s and my taste was garbage so and i think i was still 18 so what the fuck did i know <laughs> you didn't know anything i didn't know anything yeah it was I don't even know. I mean, I feel like this review is going to be more or less a riff track without subjecting anyone to have to actually watch it with us. Yeah. Now, having said that, if you watch this movie and you like it, that's great. I'm glad yes. that you enjoyed it. Yes. We did not. I don't believe that you really do, but <laughs> <laughs> if you do, I mean, don't forget, I'm the person that just, what, a couple of months ago, like, de uh, defended Jason Goes to Hell to the Death. So yeah, you did. What, what do I know? <laughs> that was the hill you were going to die on. <laughs> oh, man. But So, yes, admittedly, when this film first came out, we did actually enjoy it. We had a lot of fun with it. And in that regard, it absolutely succeeded. This, I feel like this film was always meant to be that fun popcorn, turn your brain off slasher film. It was not trying to reinvent the wheel by any means. No, it wasn't trying to be scary or tense or suspicious suspenseful or good it was just a date movie like a fun movie that that's all it was ever meant to be yeah for yeah. young people it was just full of young actors and actresses and god a, a jump scare about every 30 seconds and sadly we were still even you know there's several years between 1996 and 2002 and yet this was still in the wake of scream you yes. can still see those fingerprints all over it yeah you can see dawson's creek all over it too <laughs> 
<laughs> that is, I don't know, I, I hate to be that person, but it, it does kind of get annoying, you know, especially in some of those, that time period, a film where everybody that was cast was because they were in another popular movie or TV show, and it was like, who can we capitalize on right now? Well, I don't know that we got very many of those in this film. Well, there's that, that not a few. We got that one the guy. Last he Dance was what? Guy. Angels in the Outfield Kid, or no? That's JGL. Uh, no, he was Thomas Ian Nicholas from yeah, he American was... Pie. Okay, but he was a child star too, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he did like those King or Kid and King Arthur movies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or there was a baseball one. I feel like that's but... the one I was thinking about. Yeah, it, that he did a where he could throw really fast ball or real something. Fast. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't think I ever watched those movies. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't. I don't think I ever watched the King Arthur movies either. I just knew. No. From American Pie, so right, and well, speaking of American Pie, we did get Discount Stifler in this one, which was the (laughs) the annoying teenager kid. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to be Sean William Scott so bad. I feel like a dick, but I had a hard time just watching that actor talk because he does this like duck lip thing when he talks, and I don't, I don't know if that's just me, and you know, I hate to bag on somebody, like especially if that's something that they can't help, but it's distracting. I, th- I found that whole interaction between those two guys to An- be annoying, irritating. Yeah. And I, I guess more than anything else, that's the big problem that I have with this film in general is that I don't feel like any of our main characters are likable. Not one. No. And they really wanted to make Computer Kid a main character. And I guess he kind of, kind of was, sort of, but he really wasn't necessary for the film. Neither no. of those guys were necessary for this film. And I don't mind the actor that plays Deckard. I kind of grew up watching some of his stuff like um, Luck of the Irish and um, oh fuck what's that Final Destination Part 3. So I don't mind that actor and I found him to be the least offensive of <laughs> the, the actors. I'm, well, I'm no, being so it's shitty. Nothing, it's nothing against <laughs> those, those two actors. It's just the way it was written their roles were not necessary for this movie. Right. That's the issue I have with it. And then you know, you do the whole, he's doing the over the shoulder, looking down at the camera's bullshit at the end to try to make him relevant to the story. And I just didn't, it, it, I didn't get it. It was a storyline that definitely felt shoehorned in there. Yeah. They just, they turned it into a third person shooter. That's all they, that's all they did. <laughs> they turned it into a video game. You know, she's doing all the action. He's driving her around. Yeah. So I guess we should really start at the beginning. We're kind of jumping, uh, jumping ahead here. Like it, it, I have heard people say before, like the opening of the film is the only decent part of the film and I can see that argument but I still don't like the beginning of the film either. They made some choices that were I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to using my e-word <laughs> completely egregious to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well they were they were so let's start with that our most badass final girl to ever final girl ever Lori Strode has been I don't know. They So the idea was she was institutionalized after H2O. They really right? fucked she, her character she badly. Cut the head off of what she thought was Michael Myers and then they found out later that it was really an EMT and he crushed his trachea. They just wrote that they just like we need an excuse to bring Michael back. Let's write right. it some bullshit. So um, if if going back to H2O, where they ended that film, regardless of how you feel about that also being a scream knockoff, the way they ended that film was very final and full circle and felt appropriate. So could have been the end. Yes. So for them to turn around and say, oh no, we've got to make more money. But wait, (laughs) 
There's more. Exactly. To turn around and say, no, we got to keep milking this cow for everything we can. Right. They retconned that ending, which to me was a good, satisfying ending. Yeah. I didn't care for the movie, but I could live with that ending. Yeah. It, it was fine. But But then, they didn't. They institutionalized Lori. Yeah. This person that we have known to be strong and capable and just completely break her down to a shell of herself. Yeah. I don't know why they thought or the writer. I don't know why they thought that we wouldn't believe that she's more resilient than that. Right. After the shit that she'd been through up to that point. That just doesn't, for her to just be like curled up in bed with a raggedy and doll, <laughs> literally is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, um, raggedy Ann was full of probably some pretty awesome pills. <laughs> That she had been hiding. Uh, but this is the only, this the scene where we're in the, the institution and Michael comes in. You get the clown guy, which Ugh. I could do without. You get the guards. We spent way too much time with the guards. They were almost. Why do we need to know that one of the guards skipped dinner and watch yeah, him eat we, coffee cake? We don't. We don't need to. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't give a shit. Um, he, could, he probably needed to skip dinner a couple of times. I need to, too. So it's okay. <laughs> But no, it, it just—it no, was just banter, and it didn't matter. It didn't contribute anything to the story. I could have done without all of it. It's almost like the two cops in what was it, Halloween Six, where they played like the fucking four, four where five. they play the damn clown music every five. time they're on screen. It's the same thing. Yeah, you've just got two useless authority figures there, right? That I don't need. Like if they had just shown up and died, I, okay, that's fine. We're padding the body count. I can live with that. But I don't, I don't give a shit about their life. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, it's so bad for me to say that, but the clown guy, I felt like was a poor attempt to have a creepy offbeat character. No, we're going to put a, a John Wayne Gacy wannabe in right. this movie. That's it. And I did I did have a little bit of a giggle at it because I was like, okay, this guy is basically us, the audience, <laughs> because he's fanboying. We can do this. We do the same thing. We literally do the same thing. You know, Jason Voorhees, born on this day, killed this many people, died this day and this day and this day and, and another day after <laughs> Right. We, can, we do the same thing. He can give all the same stats you can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But now having said that, there is, well, I, I, in my opinion, the most badass moment in this whole movie yes. is right here at the beginning when Michael just walks through that damn door. Yeah, just breaks it like it's styrofoam. It probably and was it, made of styrofoam. And it is immediately followed by him being a bitch because he <laughs> like headbutts his way through a door. She whacks him on the back with a lamp and he's like, oh no. <laughs> what yeah, the hell was that? I remember when we were in the theater watching it the first time and he busts through that door. You jumped in your seat. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. But then you didn't have, I think this might have been the first Halloween film you'd ever seen. This popped my Halloween cherry, I think. Yeah. So but, I, I can understand that reaction because yeah. you didn't know what he was capable of. No, I had no idea. Yeah. But then he gets whacked <laughs> with a with a reading lamp and, and then it puts him down. For, outwitted by an Elmer Fudd trap. <laughs> it's a Bugs Bunny trap. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know what I mean. <laughs> But what's funny is like if you watch that, how fast that rope retracts and, and pulls him down, but it's an electric winch. They don't go fast. I mean, I guess you probably could make them, but so it tightens the rope up real quick and then <laughs> like it's super slow. Yeah. It's just dumb. And so he has a knife in his hand and he doesn't think to cut the rope. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's that. That's. <sighs> and then stupid decision. Number one being that. <sighs> 
I don't know how Lori for a second thought that this was going to be a case of mistaken identity again. One, how the fuck does that, would that even happen? Two, Michael's smart, but is he really, how could he have known that that is exactly what the paramedic did if he wasn't fucking there to begin with? So two things that tie in with your point here. The first one, he walked through a door. So at no point should she doubt that he is who she thinks that he is. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's the guy. This is the one. And second, he's not smart enough to cut the rope with the knife in his hand, but he's smart enough to go, wait, it might not be me. It might be someone else. (laughs) Right. It might be another EMT. Ooh. Yeah. And then she falls for it. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah. So admittedly, you know, because at this time we hadn't really done the popular thing of retconning storylines in film. So for all I knew at this point, being a child of 18 years old, I cried when I thought that this was Lori's demise because, you know, she was our final girl. So the fact that she was getting taken out in the first 10 minutes of the movie felt like a slap in the face. Yeah. But now if I remember correctly, that was at Jamie Lee's request. Yes. Because they had been after her to do another one for a long time. And I guess they finally wore her down. And that was the agreement. She was like, yeah, I'll do one more, but you have to kill me. Well, she agreed to do H2O because it was going to be the end. And then uh, Mustafa Akkad, of course, was like, no, we don't kill Michael. We don't do that. Right. So she was like, okay, fine. Fuck it. Kill me. We go back to formula. Yeah. I'm I'm out. I, I don't want any part of this. So I get it. I mean, I get where she's coming from. Of course, you know, we we wouldn't have known that 20 years after that, she would once again reprise the role. But at the time, I was just sitting in my seat like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And then then it's like, where do do we go from here? We go straight down the shitter. (laughs) That's where we go. This was the high point of the film. Yeah. Actually, we just, we go from there to college and they, they introduce us to the lead character, girl. Sarah. I, okay, I'm good because she <laughs> she did not make enough of an impression on me to remember her name. And then there's this blonde girl who has been in other things. Yeah, Katie, Katie Sackoff is considered sort of a national treasure in the nerdverse because she's done, oh my God, is it Andromeda or something? What are all those sci-fi space shows. I don't watch those. Like Firefly? No. It can't um, be Firefly. That was actually good. <laughs> no. I can't remember. And we want another season. Battlestar Galactica maybe. Yeah, I don't watch it, that. It was, yeah, I don't either. It was one of those though. And so she has earned some nerd street cred and I, I've watched interviews with her and she seems like she's really funny. She seems like she's a cool chick. Um, I also enjoyed her in Nip Tuck. That being said, I do not like her character in this film at all. She is so vast and so annoying and just her her thing with me 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 throughout the runtime up until her death I was like oh my god somebody please fucking kill her and I kind of felt that way about most of the cast yeah <laughs> yeah and then you've got uh, the guy who's uh, I guess he's a culinary arts student and it's literally all he talks about through the whole movie I know is food like he had mm-hmm. no other parts to his personality except that he liked food yeah like, you think I he don't... had a like a rat under his chef's hat or something something <laughs> don't understand but that's... they made him so completely one-dimensional yes that's exactly what like, i was even about in to his say. final fight with michael myers he's like pocket spices <laughs> to blind you with nutmeg <laughs> yeah. like, 
God damn. <laughs> That's exactly I what I was going to say is that all of these characters, characters, I can't talk again, were so one dimensional and so one note. There was nothing about them that you could get behind or root for. There was no character arcs for anybody. It was like you had two perverts in the group. You had one smart girl. You had one, whatever I called her, vapid girl. And then you had the fake broody girl. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So I guess the rest of the characters, we had the, the kid in King Arthur's court guy. That's a, one of the perverts. Who was just like, I, I want to see some titties. Yeah. And then you had the, I think I'm cool, leather jacket, art student Other guy. Pervert. Who was also just, <laughs> I want to see some titties. Yes. And then smart girl who actually just goes with art school guy and like, I want to show you my titties. Yeah. And that was, that's it. And then like, at the helm of this crew, we have horribly, horribly miscast Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks. I Listen, there was a time in my life... <laughs> When oh, I, I remember. Like, oh, yeah, Tyra Banks. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. We, she had no, there was no reason for her to be in this movie. I, There's no reason for us to watch her drink a cappuccino and shake her ass for five minutes. <laughs> we, I have subjected Travis to many, many years of watching America's Next Top Model. And then, of course, everything that has come in its wake of finding out what a horrible person she is. Yeah. I think pretty much um, dirtied your opinion of her. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, after I sat through enough America's Next Top Model, I was like, wow, she's really not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm being nice right now. She's not a nice person. Uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, when we watched this movie, I didn't know that. But even then, I questioned Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Tyra, Tyra was almost cameo level because she was in that movie for what? 10 she, minutes She shows best? up long enough to make coffee, dip a, was it a sugar daddy <laughs> candy in it? I know. I was sitting there and, and I was ass. like... I was like, I really want a sugar daddy now. Like, I haven't had one of those in forever. Like, <laughs> that was her entire contribution to this movie. Right. Um, Busta Rhymes contributed more, just not in a good way. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't understand that choice at all. Now, I have heard the argument made that uh, that Buster Rhymes was not the worst thing in this film. What, that at what least, movie were they watching? At least he was entertaining and kept it from being boring. I don't agree with that because this film was a slog for me to get through this time. Like, I was bored to tears. I volunteered to massage you. That's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I volunteered as tribute to watch this damn movie. <laughs> and I died while watching this movie. You died on the inside? <laughs> uh, yes. A little on the outside. No, yeah. if they'd brought Busta Rhymes in and said, okay, so he's going to be like the ringleader sort of person of this deal, and he's here to be comic relief. That's fine. That fits a role that is always in a slasher film. You've got somebody that's supposed to be funny. The problem is, is that I think the people they thought were going to be funny were the Stifler knockoff and the two pervert guys, and those were supposed to be the funny people, but they weren't funny. And Busta Rhymes was just, uh, I don't know, it's fun good. And the I... part where he punks Michael, that just, I don't know. Like, if he'd have been talking shit and Michael killed him, okay, I can yeah. Live with that yeah but the fact that he just like fully punks him and michael myers just turns around and walks off and then later he acts like he's fucking jackie chan or jet lee <laughs> or some shit like hauling out wai chung lee and his kung fu and having a fight in a flaming tool shed god no no <laughs> see i think it could have gone either one of two ways right if he's gonna be the comic relief great make him the comic relief he doesn't have to have kung fu in there to be good comic relief you know he could have just been the funny guy who ultimately saved 
saves the day, as he right, does. Right, right. Or they could have gone against type and made him serious, you know? Could they have pulled it off? I don't know. But they could have tried. I, I think maybe. I think maybe they could have. Because the part where Sarah is trying to back out, right? I will admit he gives the worst fucking pep talk ever. <laughs> but he tones it down. And he probably could pull off a more serious role. Right up to the point where she's two steps away from the door. And he's like, you got it, Freddie. I'm like, God damn it, dude. She can fucking hear you. <laughs> She's not that far away. <laughs> right. I think he probably could have pulled that off. But yeah, I mean, if they'd wanted to make him a little more little more jokey, funny guy, and then he finds a way to kind of save Sarah at the end, mm-hmm. that's fine. But he doesn't need to use Kung Fu to do it. Right. You know why? Because nobody goes toe-to-toe with Michael Myers. No, absolutely not. Ask Tommy Doyle. <laughs> Ask him how that shit worked out. There were like 18 people tried to go toe-to-toe with Michael Myers, and all of them died. Evil did not die that it night. It did not die. <laughs> Unless Tommy was evil, in which case evil did die. (laughs) Tommy was evil. Yes. The evil creator of catchphrases died tonight. I, don't, I just I did I did not like the way they wrote that at all. No, I I didn't either. It just I don't I'm I'm not really not really I'm not one of those gatekeeping type of people that says Michael wouldn't act like this, Michael wouldn't do this, whatever. But like goddamn, to some degree, no, he wouldn't do that. His his character wouldn't make certain decisions or act certain ways, and that all goes with the maker of the film having respect for the source material. And in my opinion, clearly they did not. No, I think like if you're going to spoof something, then just spoof it, you know, go all in if you're going to do that. But you can't open with Michael Myers rampaging through a mental institution, crashing through a door, essentially killing uh, Laurie Strode. I mean, it's probably the fall that got her not the stab in the back, but either way. And then he gets punked by an old rapper. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just doesn't, it's not consistent. Um, if they'd wanted to say, okay, we're just, we're just going to go, we're throwing everything out and we're going to make this a funny movie from beginning to end. We're not going to take it too seriously. We're going to go full like Friday the 13th on this shit. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I know what I'm in for. Yeah. This has always been a very serious toned franchise, if nothing else. But you can't start with that same serious tone and then two thirds of the way into the movie go, all right, now this is where we're going to fuck Michael Myers. Yeah. No. (laughs) Don't do that to me. And while we're on the subject of Michael Myers, uh, to me, this is the worst looking Michael we've ever had. He looked like the lead singer of some 41 the hair well i mean depending on which mask he's wearing because it's just like <laughs> like all like in the very beginning yeah that's uh yeah he has a uh, he has emo band hair in the does. first in the first sequence yeah. of the movie <laughs> it's really pretty did. fucking bad and then the other mask had fucking eyebrows and they, dave, they Nav- all dave navarro eyeliner they all did they had black eyebrows on them and michael's never had eyebrows on his mask i mean yes yes he has but they're painted but white, they're white along with everything else there have been there's been a few halloween movies that we've watched where i just want to go to the person that made the mask and shake them and go have you ever fucking seen this movie before right like or, have you ever seen this movie before? the whole fucking thing looked wrong like the like the eyebrows the cheekbones the way they were set the the hair it just none of it fucking worked yeah and i okay i, I don't make masks I, that's not my thing i don't know how to do it i'm sure it's not easy but at some point do you not go back to the source material look at the mask look at the one you've made and go that does not look the same i should probably try something different there are production stills of nick castle on the set wearing like having his mask pulled up the skin around his eyes is not painted black at all 
So I don't, I mean, I, I get when guys cosplay as Michael. That's a thing that they do. They color their face so that you can't see their eyeballs as well. But to me, if it's to that point that you have to put makeup on under the mask, then the mask is not right. Yeah, there's something, no amount of makeup underneath <clears throat> the mask is going to make the mask right. Yeah, because again, it just made him look like he was wearing eyeliner. If the mask is wrong. Yeah. So that that's the part that has killed me throughout this franchise is that why can't you get the mask? Maybe not right. It doesn't need to be exact. It's not going to be. I'm sure the original mask is long gone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure the one that Nick Castle wore has been lost. But goddamn, at least try to get close. And with the new, the new, the David Gordon Green trilogy, feel like they did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, they fucking nailed it. So they nailed that I, shit. You know, well, I mean, okay, so they did in the the first one in 2018 because they pretty much destroyed it after 2018. Right, but yeah. that first mask, 2018, yeah, it looks good. Well, and the one they used for the 1978 flashback, flashback, yeah, mask looked damn good. It did. So. This one, there's no, to me, there's no excuse for it looking the way it did in this movie. So premise-wise, it's kind of a double-edged sword with my opinion on it, okay? So I kind of respect the fact that they wanted to do something different. They wanted to modernize it, but it felt so hand-fisted that it worked against them because unfortunately, everything that they set out to do to set them apart from the other films dated it more than the other films. Yeah, I agree. It just, their effort to modernize it made it worse now. Yes. To watch it now. Yeah, there's the references to the Osbournes, and then there's flip phones, and there's Palm Pilots, and the webcams, and everything that you just screams late 90s, early, early 2000s, down to the premise of them being on a reality show to begin with. Now, I realize, I understand, that we still have re- reality TV around now, so that's not something that's gone away. Well, at one point, uh, the blonde girl even tells one of the other ones, you're about to get voted off the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The survivor reference. I I don't know. I realize that in film, you're going to talk about real life and whatever's current at the time, kind of. But there's some things that you have to be careful with because it's going to hurt the rewatch value of that film in the years to come. Well, I feel like the films that have become classics are that way because they could be anytime because they haven't been dated by certain technology or slang or... Well, those movies didn't go out of their way to include necessarily what was trendy or popular at the time. Right. And I think that's where that whole we've got to be self-aware like Scream is comes back and bites you in the ass. Yeah. Because even Scream, when you watch it, it's dated. Yeah. So it's... I don't know. I don't want to say it didn't age well. Well, I will. I'll say it didn't age well (laughs) because I'm not not a fan of the Scream franchise. But yeah, they went hard on it in this film. So kind of back to the story, really. We meet all these people on camp and then the blonde has signed him up for dangertainment and <laughs> I guess the premise is they're going to go spend the night in Michael Myers' house, his childhood home, wearing these webcams and they're going to get money or scholarships or something like that. Buster Rhymes has got this grand plan that he's going to become an internet producing superstar or some shit. Yeah. So I, d- I don't know if this is auditions that he sets up in the beginning or if it's just a meet the, meet the team kind of thing that he's setting up. But even then, you know, it's introducing us to all of our main players. But again, they 
they're not telling us anything about them. We don't get any backstory because they, they really, really want the character of Sarah set up as she's damaged or something. Because like I said, she's very broody and, and introverted and you don't get a reason why she's that way or why she's, I mean, because for the first, I don't know, 20 minutes, she's a big wet blanket over the whole thing. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. No. <laughs> you know? That's true. I mean, you know. She's very much not into what's happening. Right. And even tries to quit. Yeah. And she does at one point tell Freddie in the in the film, this is not what I signed up for. And I'm like, bitch, what did you sign up for? Exactly. What did you think was going to happen? You knew you were going to be on a webcam series live exploring the house of a maniac. What, what else did you think was going to happen? This yeah. wasn't a golden ticket situation. No. <laughs> Well, I kind of got the impression when uh, the blonde girl comes in and she's all super excited that she signed Sarah up for this and that Sarah have, was never interested in doing it. They could have conveyed that better, but is my opinion. They could have, yeah, they could have explained that better. We could have spent less time with security guards at the very beginning uh-huh. and give us two minutes of those two interacting and explaining what's going on. Yeah, or again, give us some character history, you know, because the class, the very class that she's taking, taught by Cameo by the director, she's obviously interested in the sub object of monsters or killers, you know? I, I don't know. I just feel like she was not fleshed out enough. She was not interesting enough to make me want to root for her. No, I totally agree. You know, and, and if these kids are going to be fodder for Michael, then fuck it. Make Freddy a more well-rounded, fleshed out character. Somebody. We've got to have somebody that we can get behind. And instead all we get is just, like I said, fodder. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that they did in the Friday series is you could you could almost always tell who was going to die by the lack of character development at the beginning. Right. Like if they just kind of panned over this person and they're telling a pussy joke, you know they're going to die because that's it. Like what you just saw, that is the entirety of their character. But they did it to everyone in this movie. No one really got expanded on uh, as far as what their motivation were, was who they were, none of it. But even Friday the 13th had a couple of entries in there where even though you know the, knew the kids were going to get knocked off, you still liked the characters. Right, but I guess my point was is that even in the Friday films, usually you got development on whoever your final girl was going to be. Right, well, not always, but... but <laughs> More than we got in this thing. Yeah. All we know about her is that she didn't want to be on the internet. Allegedly, that pathetic scream she lets out can break glass. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, sorry. I'm pretty sure I... <laughs> you could get her on that one. When I think of a scream that could break glass, I think of it being to the point where only dogs can hear it. <laughs> Not whatever that dubbed scream was that they put in for her. Yeah, that was pretty. It, it wouldn't do it. It wouldn't do it. <laughs> Would not, could not. But same thing, um, like, again, you know, when you think about characters like like Jamie from 4 and 5 and her foster sister, that those were characters that you, the stakes were high and you felt for them and you wanted to see them defeat Michael or at least, you know, at the very least get away from him. It's just, I don't know. It, it just felt like there was too much importance placed on let's get some fresh faces in here and let's, it, it's an MTV movie at the end of the day. I, I realized that we said that about Halloween H2O, but I feel like this one really ramped nope, that up to one, 11. This one follows right along right. with that same same kind of formula. We're going to get some pretty some pretty kids, some attractive young people. Some popular personalities. And put them in this movie with Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, that's all it felt like.
like. And unfortunately, I would love to say that there's a plot that somehow <laughs> exists in this movie, but there's really not. All we get is these kids wandering around the house, looking at props, giving us horrible shitty dialogue and commentary, and it ultimately leads to nothing, you know? I think the whole purpose of that was that even we, the audience, were supposed to be surprised when the, he finds the, the arm in the basement that's stamped made in Taiwan. But they sold it so poorly from the very beginning that we, as viewers, were like, yeah, that's a setup. Yeah. That's not real shit. Yeah. And I can't believe that these kids, I mean, <laughs> college students, <laughs> are not smart enough to not see that they were being set up from the beginning. Well, I mean, honestly... The chef should have been the first one to figure it out because guess what he did? <laughs> Went in the house, straight to the kitchen, started smelling the shit that was in the jars and the cabinets. I know. It's like, well, this smells fresh. <laughs> well, no shit. He just put it in there yesterday. <laughs> bought it at Walmart. It's you new. Know, yeah. It's I've, like, I guess the one thing that you can give credit to reality TV with is, is that the actors usually know that this is fake. They know that things are heightened or dramatized so that it's not boring, you know, because in Freddie even said it in the film, people don't like reality. They think that shit is boring. So that's what they do. The difference is, is the actors in the show, like, you know, take something like the Kardashians, for instance, they know that they're amping things up and making it a bigger deal than it is or outright faking storylines in order to get viewings. So the fact that these kids were not in on it and think that everything that they're seeing is real is it just boggles my mind. Everything was so obvious that it was a setup like the fucked up high chair and toys and stuff like that. It's like come on guys this is this is you know if you're looking at a serial killer and you're looking at all those tropes of, oh, he had a bad childhood. He had this, that, whatever happened. And that explains why he became who he became. There should have been at least one fucking person in the group that said, this is bullshit. So I would think that as intelligent adults that could dress themselves and <laughs> go beyond a reality TV show, they would walk in and say, wait a minute, this at some point was a crime scene and the police left all the fucking evidence in the house. All of it. It's still here. Maybe this isn't real. But they were so concerned with being on camera, which I don't know what that says about us as fucking humans. They were more concerned about their viewings than they were where <laughs> they were at. Well, now that part's probably reasonably accurate. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's really fucking sad. But yeah. th you would think just by default, there would be one person in there that would be like, mm, this might be kind of sus. I don't, you know, doesn't well, seem on the up and up. At the very least, you would expect the the uh, or to ask fucking questions yeah you would expect our final girl to call bullshit yeah. early on yeah somebody I mean, she's the cynic of the group anyway that didn't want to be there at some point you would expect that she's gonna look at it and go nah this is bullshit yeah so they put all this crap here this is not real yeah but, but nobody called it yeah everybody in there was stupid and even the kids who are at the the party watching this all live even they think that it's all a joke and it's all a setup and what reason do they have to not think that well nothing but even them at one point are like is this real <laughs> oh my god is it real i just ugh. 
But you know what? That was the world we lived in then. Yeah, unfortunately. That was well. Like, I mean, was MTV's Road Rules and Survivor and all that other. It still is, and, and at the risk of making myself sound old, we're still in those times with TikTok. Unfortunately, yeah. Where yeah. Well, I mean, YouTube really is just reality TV now. <laughs> you're documenting everything that you do in your life. I'm. Oh man, like I feel bad because a lot of my really good friends now I made through podcasting and social media. So without it, I wouldn't have those relationships. You and I wouldn't fucking be where we are right now. Even as small as we are, we wouldn't be here without social media. But unfortunately, it has gotten to the point where I want no part of it whatsoever. I feel bad because I'll go weeks without talking to my friends and they're like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. I just don't feel like being on Facebook right now. (laughs) I don't, you know, because all social media feels like it is now is either documenting every single boring thing about your life or making it seems like making it seem like you have you have a life that you don't really have or people fighting with each other all the fucking time just to fight and I'm sorry but I got better things to do <laughs> oh there was like a whole minute where I Facebooked like years ago remember yeah and I don't know it was probably the third or fourth day that I was on Facebook and I was like, I don't fucking care what these people are eating for dinner. I don't give a shit. Why are they putting up pictures? I don't care. Nobody yeah. cares. Eat your steamed carrots. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, congratulations. You can cook your own food. I, why do you need to tell the world about this? So I just, <laughs> I just opted out. Oh man. One of, one of, one of the funniest things that happened once was I think it was a Thanksgiving and I had made you know this really big spread and my mom we had invited her over and the first thing my mom did after making her plate was take a photo of it and London and I think she was 12 or 13 at the time was like why do people always feel the need to photograph their food as if we even care and she my got mom so offended oh my god my mom was so pissed off like her feelings were hurt she was embarrassed pretty sure she stopped liking london right there and then. i'm kind of looking at london thinking you know what that's fair <laughs> yeah it just i don't know social media just feels like a big game of i'm better than you nana nana boo boo <laughs> but we are on there if you want to check us out <laughs> podcast page on twitter i know i know big pot calling the kettle black here but But here's the deal we're not going to put up pictures of our food and we are not going to start a fight with you about politics or religion or anything else we'll talk about horror movies yeah that's about it yeah pretty much i i I tell everybody it won't be pg (laughs) the only reason i'm on facebook ever at all is to share family photos with my family other than that nobody cares what i'm thinking at the moment you know so i don't know it's like again like i said it's a double-edged sword because there are a lot of benefits to it but it it dumbing us down as a species is the big problem Uh, it could be could be (laughs) i'm sounding like such a bitch right now and i don't mean to be we probably shouldn't keep going since we're we kind of need that social media thing (laughs) i don't mean to sound that way i don't i'm just not somebody out there is going okay boomer i assure you i'm not a boomer i just i'm Despite what we're doing right now, I tend to be very, very private and there's just too many people around that are so quick to latch on to what you're doing. And it just, sometimes it feels creepy, you know? I always feel like somebody's watching me. You know, I thought about that when it was, I forget which character it was, in this movie that we're supposed to be talking about, not bashing social media. And 
Or like you can see Michael like peeking through the window behind uh-huh. him. And I thought about that song. Yeah. It's creepy that you would think about it too. <laughs> But the idea, nonetheless, of going and spending the night in the house of a killer is a good idea. No, it's not. It'd be creepy as hell. No, I mean, for a premise for a film, like, like I get it. Yeah. We do a thing here in Texas at the house, which is now a cafe, where uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was filmed. They do this thing, and I believe it's every year, where they lock you in the house overnight. You get to spend the night there and watch the film. And a friend of mine really wants she and I to go do this. And I think it sounds really cool, but I remember broaching the subject to you and you were like, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> You're on your own. Yeah. I think it's, it, it sounds like fun though. I, I would absolutely love to do that sometime. But Are you going to sit on the couch with grandpa upstairs? Maybe. While you watch the movie? Maybe. That's, Might slip in the tongue. See, see where things go. Yeah. That's creepy. <laughs> But no, so I, I, I think that they had a solid premise here. I just think that it was executed poorly, unfortunately. And Michael himself isn't bad. I don't feel like he's the worst one we've ever had. I said, apart from appearance, why the fuck does he make noise in this movie? I don't know. He makes like growling dog noises, though. <laughs> he does. Or maybe that's just background music where it's like, oh, and I don't. Why? There's, Why is that? What, isn't that a, a YouTube video or something like that? There's a beagle or a <laughs> basset hound making that noise. Yeah, there's a, if you've never seen it, there's like a vine somewhere of, like you said, a basset hound or a beagle. And it's been at the vet's office. And when the owners come to pick him up, he's so excited. And he's come running at his family making these sounds. And somebody uh, intercuts that with uh, TIE fighters blasting. <laughs> It's hilarious, but I don't, I, like you were just saying, I don't know that it's, if it's part of the soundtrack or if it's Michael making the noise, but there's a scene where there's some live wires cut that Freddy, like, puts against Michael's dick, <laughs> and then he just kind of goes, ooh. <laughs> well, I don't, if I had live electricity <laughs> stuck to my genitals, I don't know what sound I would make. I don't think it would sound like that, though. I find, okay, I know a lot of people were pissed about Rob Zombie making Michael speak. I can forgive that (laughs) if it's in comparison to Michael making howling dog sounds. Yeah, that was just weird. Yeah, because they do it again at the very end of the movie with with him being in the morgue and them unzipping the bag. And that's, oh, it's yeah. terrible. It's so I fucking can, terrible. I'm down with what they did in the first movie where he just does like some heavy mouth breathing. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's kind of creepy. But yeah, the weird basset hound at the vet <laughs> noises, I don't. I just I, I don't just, understand. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and there were, there were a couple of callbacks throughout the film too, where I guess you could say they were trying to pay homage to, well, I guess it would be Halloween too, since Rosenthal directed it too. Like um, the slipping in the blood scene. That, that happened to Jimmy and there's some other ones and I'm not thinking about it right now but there were obvious nods to other films in this one but and they were they I will give it the respect that they were subtle enough that I did not catch them at first but I don't know I don't know what else to fucking say about this movie there it was a it was a stupid it was written badly the characters were not likable Michael was turned into a joke and it was unsatisfying is a film to me. I totally agree. I don't like this movie. <laughs> I said that already. 
It's not for me. It's just not. I can't do it. I can't. Was there anything you did like about the film? <laughs> Two things. I have a favorite moment and I have a favorite kill. Okay. Favorite moment, Michael crashing through the door. Yeah, like, that's That's fair. just badass. And that's a callback to part two where he came through the glass door of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Except this was a wooden door with a small glass window. So it was <laughs> a little bit more badass. Even if he immediately got just pummeled by a small lamp afterwards. <laughs> But that's probably my favorite. It's still badass, even if it's a crappy yeah. movie. Um, favorite kill is where he stabs that uh, the perv kid in the top of the head that's with a knife. pretty good. It's my favorite because I don't have to see him again for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that's why it's my favorite. It's finally somebody shut him up. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I think favorite moment is probably, apart from the door, I'll just, I'll think of something different. And that's a character that was in the movie for a minute. And that's this weird guy that goes into the girl's dorm and he starts like giving them some exposition on Michael and fondling their underwear. (laughs) which is gross, but it gets a giggle out of me every time that he creeps them out with his story and then finishes it with, Ma! I know that's probably meant, <laughs> I know it's meant to be funny and, and probably there's somebody out there that thinks that that scene was annoying, but I don't know why. It gets a giggle from me every time because I feel like that might be something I would do. <laughs> Possibly. No, I, I I giggle at that one too. I appreciate it that he's kind of making fun. Yeah. And that's, I'm good with it. Like I said, if that was the kind of movie they were making and just, we're just going to do that for an hour, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Like there were, there were things in there we did actively have a giggle at, but most of it was making fun of some of the dialogue choices that happened. You know, like, now he's back, <laughs> you know, or those stupid high schoolers watching the footage and going this isn't funny guys yeah the american pie moment that they had going on at the house there at the halloween party or whatever i could have done without all that yeah i could have too i'm just saying it that if nothing else this movie is kind of fun to rip on like this might be a film we need to watch drunk sometime it could be (laughs) Um, here's the deal though this movie is not exciting enough for me to stay awake if i get a beer in me and try to watch this movie i'm just gonna fall asleep right but as far as favorite kill goes i do remember watching it for the first time and thinking that the head stab was a pretty decent one (sighs) yeah it's not it's not particularly gory or anything like that it was just i don't know like i I said i didn't want to have to see that kid anymore so i don't know that there's really any kills that stand out i did question whether or not a butcher knife would be strong enough to actually decapitate somebody. In which case, Aiden came in to try to explain to us how decapitations work as if he would fucking know. Yeah, I don't... Like he brought know. out a sword and explained how that works. I seriously doubt that you could decapitate someone in one swing with a with a butcher knife. Yeah. Even one as large as the one that he carries. Like we spent a stupid amount of time trying to work out the mechanics of decapitation <laughs> because I was like, okay, so if you take this butcher knife and you just come at me full force with everything you have, at best, you're still going to get what? One to two inches in my neck? I just, and, and you know, I it could be said, well, it's Michael Myers doing it who has an insane amount of strength supernatural strength at that so okay yeah but when's the last time you think he sharpened that knife it had chips out of it yeah too so yeah you and aiden spent way more time talking about (laughs) we did 
than so probably cute. normal people <laughs> would would spend talking about that. Yeah, because the other other kill that I can think other kills I can think of, he really didn't get all that inventive because we got another Bob style pin to the door, and I think it was even complete with a head tilt. Please don't do that. And then the I'm too cool for school guy who got his head crushed like part four, and then like even as far as to have another scene of Michael lowering himself down from a pipe, a la H2O. They just, it nothing here really felt invented. Well, they just went through other movies and they were like, that's pretty cool. Let's do that again. Right. That's cool. Let's do that again. He can do a one-arm pull-up. Let's do that again. Yeah. That was a cool scene. Let's, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. So, really nothing to me kind of stands out as just being, oh, this is a badass kill of the film. No, and if you want to see those kills, go find the movie where it was done right the first time and watch that <laughs> film, not this one. Right. But seriously, I will say it again. If you watch this movie and you love this movie, that's fantastic. It's not for us. No, this is not one. I mean, I actively take it out of rotation if I'm doing a Halloween marathon. You know, I'll go through the original continuity, but I will usually leave that one out of it. I'm more appreciative now that we have this new continuity where I can just go 1 to 2018. And to me, that that storyline, you know, I know it's, it's kind of divided amongst fans but for me it works i like it because it's a lot more straightforward it doesn't you don't have some cult there's no weird halloween masks which part three was never meant to be part of this anyway no fucking telepathy yeah there's not they're not related I just, I feel like if you look at Carpenter's original vision for the very first film, these most recent three films fit more with that than any of the rest of them in the franchise. Right. Or you can go off and just watch the Rob Zombie movies by themselves that are completely their own different thing too, their own style. They are nothing like any of the rest of it. No. But that's what I'm saying. That's almost what's great about the Halloween franchise is that you, in a sense, it is a choose your own adventure type of scenario. I guess a London hadn't had the experience with this franchise that I thought because we were watching the kill count on Resurrection and James A. Janice said something about her brother and London looked at me really confused and was like, what? That's not her brother? They said that, that it's not her brother. And I said, yeah, in this continuity though, he is her brother. And she's like, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> like uh yeah (laughs) a little bit all we need in a halloween film is michael just doing what he does best and that's being pure unadulterated evil cutting people the fuck up that's all we need yeah i don't need i don't need special things i just need him doing his doing his thing yeah i don't need silly cult stuff i don't need like you know we just ran through the list so i'm not gonna do it again but there's so much that they did trying to keep this series afloat that it became the tangled mess that it is but i think that's all we have to say about Halloween. i don't think we can i don't think we can milk this horse anymore (laughs) i don't I feel so bad that we just sat here and trashed it, but there was a reason we didn't want to talk about it in the first place, and that's because neither of us liked this film. Yeah, we have put this one off for this long for a reason. Yeah. And there's a reason this one came before the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, too. Come on now. Because I like them even less than this one. Be fair. Uh, That's fair. Those are not as bad as this one is. Mm, That's a matter of opinion. (laughs) You're entitled to your opinion. You should say that, sweet husband of mine, because next week we are going to be exploring the Rob Zombie films and doing another double feature. That is Rob Zombie's Halloween and Rob Zombie's H2. (laughs) 
I'm so sorry for you right now. Well, folks, <laughs> prepare yourself because I will be thoroughly wasted by the time we get to that recording. Oh, those films are divisive enough by themselves. I happen to be a fan of those films. So for once, we're going to ring true to the show's premise is that I'm going to like something and Travis is not. Oh, it's going to get heated. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're to fight. That's what's going to happen. But until next time, take care, guys. Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just 3 to $10 a month, you can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. Please. For that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration. <laughs>